Welcome back to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold, and we're finally back. The three core members of the Pardon the Confusion network is back together once again by popular demand. Well, maybe by scheduling more than anything. First, we have Nate Moyer back from his triumphant hosting of Trumbull Dads, recognized by your mayor or the head of your little town. What's the deal with that? You know, village? we're not sure. We're not really sure who owns the There's a Trumbull memes uh, Instagram that, that found me online and posted it. So that's got a little hits. I beca- apparently, I became a meme for the uh, <laughs> Trumbull Dads around town. So that's kind of funny. Right. If you check uh, YouTube, you'll find Nate's smiling face as the cover or the picture for Trumbull Dads. And not to be forgotten, Ernest Watts down in North Carolina. Ernest, has anybody ever used your face like for a modeling picture or for advertising? Yeah, and every bottle of poison that you sell. Oh, come on, man. Can't be that bad. It's, it's pretty rough. No. Uh, scarecrows, like, turn away from me. No, they don't. They don't. How did you convince I, your I, wife? I, 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 alcohol. Uh, alcohol, drugs. I like how you call Nate's is his little town. Very Simon and Garfunkel of you. Yeah, it is a town because I called it a city on accident, and I got called out for that. So it is a town of Trumbull. There you go. Yeah, so we were talking before we got started today about technical things, and all of a sudden we were back in middle school, and I have a question for you guys. What was your favorite food when you ate food at the cafeteria middle school or high school? I know for me it was the fries. I loved getting the fries. I'd go back for a second helping. It probably wasn't good for my skin complexion, but man, I just devoured some cafeteria fries. Just everybody loves fries. You know, it's it's the American food, really is. Whether you got your your crinkle cut or your you know the the circle fries, those things. But mine mine was sloppy joes. I mean, sloppy joe day was the day at school. How do you know it was really meat, sloppy joes? I'm just well, saying. Well, you don't. You don't. How do you, know, how do you know any fast food that you eat is meat? How do you know they're not hawking a loogie in the back if they hate your guts or something? It's a trust. <laughs> It's a well, trust factor. At our place, they had soy hamburgers, and I remember uh, they were the worst things ever. Oh, you, and so much hot ketchup and mustard was placed on those babies. You got to make me do Soylent Green, right? It's made of people. It's, <laughs> it's Soylent Green was a movie in the seventies with um, uh, Moses himself, Charlton Heston, uh-huh. and they have a food substitute. It's in the future, and at the end, you find out. When people die, they grind them up, and you're eating dead people. Oh, wow. And he goes screaming in the streets, it's toilet green is made We should have saved that for a Halloween uh, podcast. But, uh, (laughs) Nate, you didn't chime in. For you, school food? Well, I'm going to sound really snobby. So my high school had a Taco Bell Express in it. Really? And I really like the Taco Bell. I I like the Taco Bell. But, yeah, I was up in Welcome to Scottsdale, Snobsdale, whatever you want to call it. Um, our high school was like only a couple years old. They had a little Peter Piper pizza. They almost, they almost had almost like a mall of food places. There was like four different food places you can pick from. There was like a little Peter Piper, which is almost like, you know, like a pizza hut, uh-huh. Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing. It had little pan pizzas you could get, or they had a Taco Bell Express, which was just kind of the basics, like the tacos, uh, hard taco, soft taco, bean burrito. And I think one other thing, but it wasn't like, you know, the whole, the whole menu, um, but I really liked I liked getting the Taco Bell. So I still like Taco Bell to this day. But that right. was like that's my kind of now here's the real comparison. How much did you pay for lunch? On I can't remember. I can't remember what it Just was. Just give me a rough number. We're not this is not I think audit. it was I'm not with the IRS. Thirty five cents for me. It was thirty five cents for me also. Okay, mine was definitely higher than thirty five cents. <laughs> Because you, you had to have that quarter and that dime or two nickels. Two nickels are always hard. Your parents would always give you the quarter of the dime because you're less likely to lose two pieces of money as opposed to three. And how much was an extra chocolate milk, Ernest? Chocolate milk? Chocolate. <laughs> we didn't get chocolate milk. You got that horrible cardboard carton that you would open in the corner and have that rough cardboard on your lip when you drink it, which would make you like curdle. And give you the heebie-jeebies wow. as you drunk. What you hope was rat milk, like in The Simpsons. Did you get you therapy for this, Ernest? 
No, it's buried deep, deep in my psyche. Maybe not deep enough, but let's go turn to sports then. All right, guys, we're back at talking about sports, and as Ernest says, this is the most wonderful time of the year. I hope he's not going to sing right now because I said that. But we have the amazing, the incredible Washington Nationals winning and winning and winning without Bryce Harper. Why, guys, is this happening? What made the difference? And what's next? Nate, you went to a Nationals game not too long ago. What do you think? What's going on there? I went to the Nationals game this summer. Um, Fun fact, I was telling my buddy, he actually was at the game last night. Um, He was pretty excited. Uh, It was was funny thinking about it. Last year, my first game I went to, after moving to the East Coast, I went to Red Sox home game. They won the World Series. This year, I only went to one Major League Baseball home game. That was the Washington Nationals. Oh, my goodness. They're you in the World the Series. Effect here. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's going to work for them. Um, but I got to say, I'm so excited that, you know, they're doing this without Bryce Harper. I mean, I think there's that clip um, that keeps getting played <laughs> now of yes. Bryce Harper saying we want to bring a title back to D.C. when <laughs> wah, he accidentally said that as a, yeah. as a Philly. Um, Let's see. What's the other one? There's there's another one that's out there that, today that says jumping ship to win a title. Thirteen years, three hundred thirty million. Watching your old team head to the World Series, priceless. priceless. Yes, not priceless, priceless. Oh, so, oh, uh, nice twist like on Bryce it. Harper. Yeah, I get um, it now. I'm slow, but it's, not that it's, slow. It's exciting. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a Diamondbacks fan at heart, but I, I've really kind of adopted the Nats um, kind of as my second team because I used to always visit my buddy in D.C. and we would always go to the Nats games. Uh, we started at the old RFK stadium. My first game, I got like a Chad Cordero, uh, bobblehead. Who's a, he was the closer at the time. Um, RFK stadium was just kind of a dump, but you know, whatever it was cool. It was exciting. Um, and then since they moved into the new, new stadium, I've probably gone at least every other year to DC to, to see some games. There was one year the Dimebacks were so bad. I think I went to four different games at Nat stadium when I visited my friend and I went to like two or three D backs games. So I actually went to more home games for the nationals that year. So Nate, but I, anyway, I'm, is the, I'm excited. Is the run done then? Is the run done of what? Uh, is this it? Are they, is this as good as they're going to get? I mean, if they got great pitching, but do you think, They've run out. I'm a little their... nervous. I'm a little nervous with that week off. Um, you know, hopefully they'll just play a simulated game or two just to keep everybody, you know, fresh and uh, and focused. But I, I don't know. I mean, they're playing great baseball. They don't have the best record, but I think they're just playing well as a team. Their pitching is great. Their bullpen has been a disaster, which everybody thought of. But honestly, their bullpen's been fine this the past two series. I mean, they haven't been as bad as we've all cringed and worried about. I think. Martinez was a fantastic manager in the first series against the Dodgers where he would kind of bring in starters as relievers, um, which you can do in a five-game series. You can't really do that in a seven-game series. So I was a little worried about that. But, you know, they they got it done. I mean, they dominated the Cardinals. They kind of almost gave it away last night. That was a little scary. But um, I, I'm excited. I, I don't know that they have enough to beat the Astros or the Yankees. But I tell you what, if that goes to seven games – I like the Nationals in Game Seven, honestly. I think, but I just don't know if they're going to get there. I really, you know, my heart says I really want them to win, but I don't know if if it's going to matter who ends up on the other side. If it's the Yankees or Astros, I think it's that's a tough uphill climb, especially when they they worked, they swept. They're going to have that week off to think about all this stuff. So I don't know. That's that's my thing. And Ernest, what what do you think, gentlemen? On July first of this year the Nationals had the same number of losses as the Detroit Tigers. Okay. They're hot. Yes. They're going the momentum. And an outfield of Soto and Eaton, and when he's well, Victor Robles would more than make up. I mean, all three of those outfielders had more production batting average than Harper had with the Phillies. But the key is something we talk about every, every fall. You got Scherzer, you got Strasburg, you got Corbin, and you got Annabelle Sanchez. Good pitching. <laughs> always hits. Always. Don't laugh at Sanchez. No, I was choking hitter. with Sanchez. He was such a he disaster with the Tigers. I know. What the did they do? Too. Is he on drugs or something? How can he be pitching so great now after he was a disaster with the Tigers? I think the effect that he's a number four pitcher instead of having to be a number one or number two in the rotation. I think that's. I think the just difference. getting out of Detroit. Is oh, I knew that was coming. Well, oh, see, now I wasn't going to go there. Not. But you know, you know we, 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 every year we come back, and there are certain postulates, rules that always apply. 
A, a good a good point guard's going to give the NCAA championship. A Hall of Fame quarterback's going to get you a Super Bowl championship. Okay, in hockey, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, a whole hot goaltender is going to get you the cup. And in baseball, good pitching will always. If you look at the three main, remaining teams, they got some pretty good pitching staffs. Now the Yankees is more the closers, but the you look at the front three for the Astros, you look at the front three for the Nationals. There's some pretty good pitching there. And I think the Nationals, the pressure was off with Harper gone. I think they started the season and they thought, you know, we're not supposed to win the division. It's supposed to be the Phillies. Yeah, lower expectations. Yeah, and I just think they came in there and Martinez was relaxed. I mean, everybody was going to fire him last year. And I just think they came in and it it took a while. He was so relaxed he had a heart attack, though, man. I say he he had a heart issue, but he came back from it. Yeah, I think Soto is one of those young players that we don't hear that much about that is a complete ball player and who will be a superstar. Robles is a rookie. He'll do very well. Eaton was uh, was what about Trey the Turner? Look Trey Turner. He is uh, awesome, at, like hitting, fielding. I mean, that guy Probably is... the fastest player in baseball. Absolutely, right now. yeah. Taylor is a great substitute in the outfield with Robles hurt. And you know that third baseman's probably going to be MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they look amazing, and chemistry does make a difference with baseball. When everybody's believing and having a good attitude, and the former manager of all good attitudes, Joe Madden, just signed with the Angels today. I don't think that was a surprise for anybody. Um, but uh, I think now he's he's walking into a, a real troublesome team. Because that's come out the Skaggs was on opioids and the supplier supposedly has told the FBI that maybe four to five active angels that were taking opioids too. I oh, mean he's not coming Mike Trout, not rough. Mike Trout, not Mike Trout. Well, please well, we, you know, please not, but I mean this is both of you not old enough to remember the pirates back in the eighties when you had three players convicted of cocaine usage. Was it Doug Drabeck was one of them? Uh, Dave Parker, not Drabeck, Dave Parker. And I'm trying to remember the others. Dave Parker, and, and you had... Um, Easley? Oh my, Easley was in there. You had one player that actually would slide on his stomach because he had a vial of cocaine in his back pocket. He didn't want to break <laughs> it in the field. This is true. Uh, it was Tim Raines. It was Tim Raines. Wow. Of ESPN, Tim Raines? Yes, yeah, Tim <laughs> Raines, who, you know... Uh, I mean, we had that drug subculture back in the eighties and you're seeing it once again, and it's, it's nothing new in the sixties players would take amphetamines. They would call them greenies because, you know, you play 162, 150 games. It's hard those to get up to play 150 games in 165 days. And so we, we've, we've seen this drug subculture, but man's going to have a rough job They've got to do something about Pujols. I mean, he's he's just not worthy. He just shouldn't be on the field he's anymore. Not he can't he's, run not the first he's not worthy. He's not worthy. I mean, he's if he if he can get the Angels in the playoffs, that's going to be more impressive. We'll trade Cabrera. The Tigers will trade Cabrera for uh, yeah, Pujols. Why not keep Pujols in the DH? He can't run when he gets on base. He's only good for home runs. Mm. Well, I mean, we, I mean, same thing with Cabrera. It's the same thing. Well, he let's get back run. to the World Series now. Let's say, who are you going to predict? Who's going to play the Nats? Nate? I'll say the Astros. I just, I just Only because I don't like the Yankees. But uh, I don't know who the Nats match up better with. I think it's it's just going to depend on if their pitchers have pitched, you know, Strasburg, you know, Scherzer and Corbett. I mean, if those guys can pitch the way they pitched against the Cardinals, I don't think it's going to matter what team they play. I think they'll be okay. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'll take the Astros just cause I don't like the Yankees. Honestly. Game one, Verlander versus Scherzer. Uh, Every Tigers fans. Uh, oh my gosh. It's back when I mean, Tigers had all the money in the world. Illich who owned the little Caesars franchise, was so desperate to win, he just paid and paid and paid. We'll never see that again. But that's t- too sad to talk. So, Ernest, you're taking Astros all the way for championship? I think the rain delay here on Wednesday helps their rotation because they can come back on Thursday with Granky and then Verlander on Friday. And I think 
The Verlander wins again. They go back to uh, Houston with a three-two edge, and then uh, you know you got Cole for Game Six. So you definitely, I think, if it wasn't for the rain delay, I would say Yankees. But right now, I think everything's falling in place for the Astros. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll move on to the National Football League, and something strange happened just recently, like today. Um, the Jaguars traded a player mid-season cornerback Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams. Is this even the NFL? I never remember any midseason trades in the old days. I don't sound like an old guy right now. Is this a sign of the times or a sign of desperation, Ernest? It's a sign of a team that's going to get left out of the playoffs. They're in third place right now. Uh, and, and, and will he just will he go by Ramsey? Now we just be Rams since he's with the Rams. Now. Oh, just, uh, ooh, ooh, yes. That, well, that I, know, that was, I know, yeah. I know. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, I think players now are a little more assertive when they don't want to play. They don't show up for practice, which is, to me, not showing up for practice used to be that you turn your back on your teammates. There was a, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there was a, a sense of being part of a team, and now it's a sense of I got to be on a winning team. You got Kirkpatrick left the Dolphins. He told him he wasn't going to show up for practice. We know what happened last year with the Steelers with two players who decided not to show up. I mean, I think it's the new players now. And I think for the Rams, you know, Peters was not the player he was when he was Kansas City, so they traded him. So you knew something was up. But the Rams are looking up at the undefeated uh, 49ers, or what I like to call the West Coast Patriots. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the Seattle, which has one loss, and right now they're out of the even the wild card, so they had to make a desperate move. But their problems defensively, you know, look look at what uh, Tampa Bay put up a fifty spot on them. They just can't stop anybody. Yeah, well, yeah it's almost Arrow like down. that Super Bowl, the Super Bowl hangover, right? Yeah, right. Matthews is out with a broken uh, jaw. I mean, they're. They were playing guys that they didn't think was going on the field. I think this is just a move of desperation for the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I think funny Ramsey, I guess his back is better. He's been out for, mm. you know, his back hurt or something. I guess his back is miraculously fixed. Well, um, and the child like, was born too. He, he, then he, his wife was delivering a child. And that's that's a big change. You know, we saw that in the playoffs. The, the relief pitcher uh, who uh, took uh, paternity leave during the playoffs and, and really got ripped. Uh, that was Patrick Corbin, right? Uh, no, it was one of the relief pitchers. It wasn't Corbin. It was one of the relief pitchers for the Nationals. And and I, I guess we're just a little bit more understanding. In the old days, you know, uh, you know, I'll see the child when I come back. Now baseball, all sports are a little bit more understanding. And I guess that's probably best for everybody now. All right. Well, the second point tonight for NFL is tomorrow night's game, which is sort of an interesting matchup. You have the Eagles against the Cowboys and both teams are not having the season they thought they would have. Um, and which quarterback is the better quarterback now? Is it Wentz or Prescott? Because, boy, we've been seeing some interesting play out there. Ernest, who would you take as far as a quarterback? And who are you going to take okay. tomorrow? It's Sunday night. Oh, it's Sunday night? I thought it was Thursday night. Okay. No, no, Sunday night. We can uh, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, this Sunday night. Oh, uh, it's such know. a good night for football. Yes. Uh, you know, neither one of them. Dak's had problems. His best wide receiver's out. Cooper's not going to play. And that offensive line, they're missing two starters. And the Cowboys are just yeah, – this is a team that started out 3-0, and have lost three straight games. Carson Wentz didn't, hasn't exactly – I mean, they're, they're just two mediocre teams. They really are. I think, honestly, I think – I think Philly made the mistake. I think they should have kept Foles and traded Wentz Ooh, last year. I think Foles take. was the better quarterback. I think he had a better chemistry with the, with the team. I think talent-wise, he didn't have as much talent, but I think he was the right fit for that team. If I was the Eagles, I would have sold Wentz at his But he's I so guess, much older than points. Wentz, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. There's a statue outside the stadium of Foles, not <laughs> Wentz, Foles. Yeah. Right? He's the backup. Is he there already the a statue win. out there? Yeah, it's the one with the Philly special. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's there's uh, two statues the in Yeah, there's two statues in Philadelphia. Actually, there's three. Rocky. Sports. Rocky's one. Do you know the other one? Ooh. Uh, Clark for the hockey team. No, Kate Smith. Oh my gosh. 
God bless yeah. America lady. Yes. Yes. Kate Smith, because that was part of the broad street bullies, but back to football. That was our first old yes. man reference for tonight. Yes. Us. I'm sorry. She used to sing God bless America for the, the two Stanley cups. The flyers got in the eighties and seventies. It should but, be Bobby Clark, but go ahead. It should be, but he's still alive. I got something about building statues with people who are still alive, but Wentz has just not progressed. Yes. Wentz, yeah, Wentz has not progressed. And with Dak, you, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I know this is a contract year. The first three games, he looked like he was developed. But can I take neither? Okay, let's I move on to Nate. Ernest is at loss for words. What? What? What's going well, on here, folks? Okay, Ernest, let's like, go ahead, Nate. I'd take Allen with the Panthers right now. Okay? Oh, of course <laughs> you would. He had to get the Panthers I, in there. Or hey, you know what? I like I like Kyle Allen. He went to my high school back in Scottsdale. I think we've talked about that before, but I'm a big Kyle Allen All fan. Right. He has, still has zero interceptions okay, this when, season. By when, the way, how many games has he played on us? Three? He, he's uh, played five games. When Cam comes five, back, five who's going to start? When Cam, Cam comes back. No way Cam starts. It's a yes, Kyle Allen here's, the way he's doing right happen. now. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what happens. Okay. All right, Uncle Ernest. They're on a bye week. Okay, they're on the bye week. The first game back is at the 49ers, who have a terrific pass rush, Solomon Thomas and Bosa. So they're not going to throw Cam out against that. Allen will go against them in that respect. And then the next game is the Titans, and Cam will play. Now, he'll be on a short leash, but you don't lose your job due to an injury. Now, I don't know. Oh, if do you want to tell that to Drew Bledsoe? Drew Bledsoe? Yes. Well, that's, that's a little different situation. Most <laughs> different times. Coach. Uh, I would say, you know, I'm not so sure Cam will play this year. The Lisk-Frank injury, which is an injury with the muscle and ligament tissue of the foot. The what injury? Lisk-Frank injury. Is that a German person? I don't understand. It is was it like a, a little pink thing, little girl's color and stuff? No. Is it's Frank or... Actually named after a German doctor who developed a small <laughs> surgical knife, and it's the ligament in the foot, and it's usually it has to be treated with surgery or re- rest sometimes, but usually surgery. And I'm not so sure he's recovered. Practicing does not mean he's playing, but when he is well enough, and he has not been well for two years, Cam will be the starter, even if Kyle Allen wins every game. Yes. I don't. I mean, I mean, now, you know, the Panthers more you better than I do. But I, I mean, from my perspective, I think if Kyle Allen's still winning, why do you why yeah, do you why mess, with, mess that? with it? Why would mess with the chemistry if that's working? I mean, I think you wait till Kyle Allen has a poor game or struggles, and then you start Cam the next game and see if that that yeah, helps. But I agree. Um, I've been impressed, yeah. honestly. I, I I mean, he was a backup at. I mean, I think he came to Texas a and He lost the job, the starting job. And then he transferred to Houston. Right. And I think he lost a starting job. And then he somehow got picked up you know, as an undrafted pre-agent in the NFL. So I actually kind of forgot about him. And then I was like, wait a minute. He's in the NFL as a backup. Cool. So I've, I'm, I'm glad to see him. I like to see um, un, undrafted free agents like this that are having success. So that's good to see. Um, I guess going back to what Paul was saying, if I had to pick between them, I, I would take Dak at this point. Just I, I just I don't trust Wentz. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if he just has not been as good since his his uh, leg surgery, his uh, ACL. Um, not that Dak's amazing or anything, but I think Dak's a little bit more mobile at this point. Yeah. That I would take well, Dak, but it's, unfortunately Dak's on the Cowboys, so he's got that Cowboys jinx. Yeah, can I interject one real quick thing? We'll leave the subject, but uh, Al- Alan reminds me of Alex Smith. Mm. A caretaker, but a competent quarterback, and that's that's. And he actually fits North Turner's offensive system better than Cam does. But that wins. That wins games. So what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, and you're paying a lot of money to a starter. Now, if this was the contract year, I'd say yeah, uh, Cam would be on the bench. But he's got one more year. You mean now, like last year when the Cardinals paid Sam Bradford twenty million dollars <laughs> and Josh Rosen? Yeah, but. But that's the man of glass. I mean, Bradford breaks down everywhere he goes. And you can see as desperate as teams are for signing a quarterback now. I mean, look look at the Steelers. Yeah. They're starting a kid from Don't look for long. I mean, it's if, pretty rough. If, if, if Bradford was of any value whatsoever, they'd sign him. 
yeah. if Kaepernick would ever play, the Steelers would be the one team. He's never going to play. Yeah, I mean that that puts a bow on it right now. When they're as, as desperate as the Steelers are right now, and and they're still pretty much in the race. I mean, they're not out of it. After being I heard Foles, I heard Foles might be trade bait for the Jaguars since they got you know mustache mania going yeah, on. Well, that's, so. he's two straight losses. I don't know if that's if, if again you know, still talk because when when Foles gets back from his injury. We're, we're such prisoners of the moment. We really are because, and, and I'm just as guilty because two weeks ago, I thought the Vikings were the most disappointing team. Mm-hmm. Now it's the chargers, but I mean, we're all prisoners of the moment. We don't look at the, the long, the long term. The respect. most disappointing team. You're not talking about the dolphins or. Oh, yeah, we that's knew not. The that's depressing. Bad. All right, we let's move the on. Dolphins and Redskins were bad in the, preseason moving Bengals. on moving on i don't want to talk about those teams yikes hey hey how about let's about uh officiating in the lions well, that's game. what i'm going to man you read oh, my okay. mind okay we are both the in the, the same i'm moment. sorry i'm sorry so hey so this segment i'm calling you stink because if an officiate official or referee is does a bad call was the most common call from the fans you stink or you need glasses or something worse. And Monday night, the Lions played a good game against the Packers, but there was a couple phantom calls toward the end or non-calls. And the worst was when the Packers' offensive tackle complained that Flowers had his, his arm up into his face, and the replay clearly showed that he had his arm into his shoulder pad. NFL, the next day, Troy Vincent, great player for the Eagles, great defensive player, had the bad job of having to go in front of the press and admit they made a mistake, um, but they lost it. And so I want to ask you guys um, some questions, and you have to just tell me what stinks worse. And I'm going to give you two bad calls from each major sport, and I want you to tell me which stinks worse. And I'm doing this segment in honor of Durwood Merrill. Do you remember him, Ernest? Yes, is the very portly umpire from Major League Baseball. And he wrote a was book. I mean, kind by saying portly. Yeah, he was well, well fed, and he wrote a book Bad. called "You're Out and You're Ugly Too," and it makes me think umpires need a sense of humor. I think baseball umpires have the best sense of humor. But anyways, all right, Nate. Well, which one stinks worse in baseball when a third strike is called outside the strike zone, or a manager is thrown out of a game for arguing strikes? Sucks. I guess if you're the batter and you're at the, if you're in the plate, if you're in the batter's box and you miss, you think it's outside and they call it. I guess that stinks more. I mean, I guess when a manager comes out and yells, that that kind of almost warrants getting thrown out. But sometimes it's a good thing for the team. It sometimes sparks the players, right? So, right. I guess I'd say that. So inconsistent strike strike. box is is worse. Yeah, that I think that's that's definitely that's a great way to put it. That would definitely frustrate me, unless I'm the pitcher. Although I guess I would upset me as a pitcher too if it didn't go in my favor. Right, and they've talked about and they played around with having robots or sensors taking that over, but I don't want to see it happen. All right, Ernest, this one's in football. What is worse, uh, pass interference call that wasn't pass interference, or offensive holding call that wasn't offensive holding? Well, there's offensive holding on every play, and there's pass interference <laughs> on every play too. If there's a passing play. Uh, I guess because the subjectivity is the pass interference, particularly. But now it seems like they're calling a lot of offensive pass interferences this year. And and you remember all this garbage we heard at the beginning of the season about the eye in the sky, the official up high that would correct yeah, right. mistakes. How long has that lasted? And and Trey Flowers, who is the the line who was called, actually uh, the offensive tackle who, for the Packers had went to the officials both plays before the play and said, uh, he's getting, my, he's getting under my face mask. He's getting under my face mask. And that official, I know an NFL official, Brad Allen and Brad used to tell me that the central rule being official is you can't call what you don't see. You can't suppose something like the balls in a, you know, if there's a fumble in a crowd, you can't assume that someone has it because you saw it before the play was blown dead. You can only call what you see. And that official was tricked into calling something that he did not see. He was not in the proper position 
to call that and vision. And since he didn't see it, he should not call a penalty. But, you know, Misery Loves Company, there are Cleveland Brown fans and Cowboy fans will tell you the same thing this week, that they lost on calls in that respect. So the pass interference, because it's it's so interpretive. The holding, it happens all the time. It's, all right. it's you know, it's to the point. And holding happens all the time. And that's that's the problem with football is we have too many subjective rules. Too many darn flags. Come on, guys. Ease off a little bit, it seems like. They're just taking over the game. All right, Nate, here's the next one here for you from basketball. What is the worst call? When an official does not call a four-step traveling when it should be or when he calls a moving screen when it really didn't make a difference? I hate the, the traveling one. I mean, unless it's going to be an awesome dunk that's a breakaway and there's nobody around, I I hate that one. I just so you don't not a fan of Harden. Like, come on, no, I don't. I don't like that. It's just kind of like you know, call it because. How uh, about the euro step? What do you think of the euro step? Eh, I, I guess I'm just jealous. That's kind of a cool cool move that I could never do. So <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I, I don't. I guess I don't like that fourth step travel call because it's kind of like are you serious come on that's you got to call that so Nate, was the last time you yelled at an official don't say your daughter's soccer game either no we don't luckily have umpires yet it's just the two coaches out there um at this age but we have like volunteer refs when they get i think a couple years older so i'm not going to yell at them actually there's a rule you can't yell at the volunteer referees <laughs> there's a big there's a big notice about that uh you can't can't do that um go find the head referee guy if, if you have an issue with them um trying to think the last time i i mean i i if things don't go my way i'll always yell at an official um i don't know i'm going to the cardinals giants game this sunday at um metlife stadium i'm sure i'll actually i probably got to keep it keep it quiet if it's a bad call against the cardinals because <laughs> i don't know <laughs> are you going know, with think- brian no, I'm going with my other friend, uh, Chris. So Ooh, he's, you got two, huh? He's actually from my high school back in Arizona. He lives in um, Jersey City. Okay. So his his dad has season tickets. So he took me to a game last year. I think we played the Redskins. Um, it was an okay game, but you know it's fun. Uh, it's a cool stadium. It's nothing fancy in my opinion. It's it's very nice, but it's it's just nothing nothing yeah. fancy. But I'm excited to go. I'm excited to see the Cardinals in person. Um, I haven't seen them in a few years play football live, so. That's going to be go. exciting, but I'm not. I'm I'm on the fence if I need if I should wear a Cardinals jersey or not. I don't think we're a big be easy player. to find. Yeah, we'll look I for the red jersey in the upper deck. I might wear the black one. I have a Fitzgerald red, or I have a black jersey. So we'll see what. That'll blend better with the the, the royal. Hey, blue by the way, you guys have a bet about which wide receiver for the Browns is going to make the most catches, Landry or OBJ. Who's who's winning this bet so far? I, I haven't even checked on it. I think it's, cl- it's close. It's but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's the Browns are terrible right now. No, so. no. One of you guys uh, got to wear a jersey, not if you're choosing. I remember this bet. Yeah, yeah we'll have to, I, for, my, have to I got my I got season. my I got my plumber jersey ready, and Nate, I'm sure will have to procure a Panthers jersey of some type. All right, Ernest, I have a I'll hockey have one in here for you. Go to Goodwill or dumpster to get a oh, Panthers jersey. Oh, oh. So Ernest didn't forget about half price. But go ahead. So you always say we don't do enough hockey. Here's a you stink comparison hockey. I had to stretch for this one. What is the worst call or the the one that stinks more in hockey? The interference call or when a goal is waved off because a player is in the box? The player in the box. Can I give you another one? Okay, sure. No. Nope, nope. It's it's <laughs> when a team is trying to clear out the puck and it hits another player, yes, and it goes out and they get them for delay of game. And and a lot of times you'll see it; it'll hit a player or hit the glass at a certain angle and go out, and that's a two minute penalty, delay of game. Those kill me. The delay of game when you're just trying to clear the puck and get it out. You know, it, it's the 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 in the in the crease. A lot of those are subjective because guys are pushed into the crease. Of the two you gave me in the crease, but I, I hate the puck going out of the rink and the delay of game penalties. All right, guys, we're coming down to our last 10 minutes of our podcast, so we got to get to NCAA college football. And I uh, haven't heard anything about paying players in the last couple of weeks, so let's just get down to a segment called Pretender or Contender. We are in the rare spot where there's a bunch of undefeated teams besides the normal characters. We expect the Alabama. We expect the Clemson. 
uh, to be undefeated. Those two teams usually are. And then Oklahoma, we sort of expected them. And Ernest, I give you credit, early in the season you said we're going to have a bunch of undefeated teams, and I scoffed at it. I scoffed at it. So I'm going to give you guys five teams, and I'm going to lay it out, and I want you to tell me if it's a pretender or a contender. The first one's real easy, Nate. Wisconsin. They only have one tough game left. That's Ohio pretender. State. Pretender. Pretender. Ooh, they won't beat Ohio State on October 26th? I will certainly root for them because I cannot stand Ohio State, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's in I, Columbus. I mean, it'd be great yeah. to see Wisconsin do that, but I, I don't, I'm not sold on them. What is it? Their, is their best win against Michigan? And Michigan did not play very well. They just beat Michigan Am State pretty good, too, as well. Well, both, Arizona State beat Michigan State. Yeah. Both those games are at home for Wisconsin. This will be the toughest game they have on the road. So, Ernest, do you agree? Pretender or contender? They've got to play Ohio State twice because they've got the regular season. Oh, they're going to true. win. The, they're going to win the Big Ten West, and they're going to play them for the Big Ten championship. And for them to get to the Final Four, that's impossible. When's the last time a team beat Ohio State twice in one year? I mean, they're they're a good team, but they're not in that top five. So pretender. And then um, the next team, which is undefeated and had a really soft schedule, I think we're going to be all in agreement. Ernest, it's Minnesota. They've rowed the boat to 6-0. and Their toughest game in the rest of the season will be Wisconsin on November 30th. That's the only tough team they're going to play. Is it home? It is. I think it is home. Okay. They're, they're a pretender. They're going to lose to Wisconsin. They'll lose another game too. They haven't played. They played Nebraska yet. They did. They beat them last week. Beat pretty Nebraska. Easy. I mean that that West is is pretty weak. It really is. I mean that's the one reason I know Wisconsin's going to win it. They're really. I mean all year we heard Nebraska was going to be the contender in the West, and they really haven't come through. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and even Iowa again. Nate Stanley's been there for a thousand years. Uh, it's it's they're 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 a pretender. All right, Nate. I think uh, I I like I like Fleck. Uh, I like the coach. I kind of listened to one of his press conferences the other day on the Big Ten Network. Um, I kind of like how he talks about his team. Um, but I, I think they're a pretender. But I, I've been kind of impressed by him. I'd like to see him get to you know maybe the Big Ten championship game. I don't think they would beat like an Ohio State. Um, but I think they're a pretender. But, you know, I like to see him going in the right direction. My hot take is he'll finish 10-2 and two this year, and he'll take a better job somewhere else. All right, next game, next team is Penn State. They're undefeated. They play Michigan at night this week in Ohio State on November 23rd. Are they a pretender or a contender, Ernest? I think they're a contender. I mean, I, they're not going to come out of the, the Big Ten East. I believe they'll beat Michigan. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Who sorry hasn't? to say. <laughs> oh. I'm say I, 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 I mean, I like their defensive line. I like K, uh, uh, Katie Kemmler, I, the tailback. I mean, the quarterback has shown me a little bit. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They are – HBO is doing these little series, kind of like the training camp. They're doing a one-week series as a team prepares to play. And I watched the Penn State – um, Franklin impressed me, and again, that's that's the team. I mean, they're again they're they're in that second echelon along with Wisconsin. They're not in that final. There are five teams right now that, that are national contenders: Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Everybody else is second echelon or third echelon. I agree, and I think Ohio State will take care of them later in the year. Um, so our next team is sort of off the beaten well, I, path. I would say I would say Penn State's a contender. Oh, kinda, okay, sorry, Nate. Uh, that's okay. Uh, You're even wearing I, Penn State colors tonight. Amazing. Wearing two different blues. Um, you can't tell it's this podcast, but I'm wearing like two different types of blue color shirt. Um, no, I I, th- I think if they can beat Ohio State, um, I don't know if it's in. Is it in the horseshoe? This yeah. year, do you know, Paul? I believe it is. Yeah. yeah, that might be kind of tough, but you know, I think I think with Urban Meyer not there, um, I but I can, he I is can see there, Penn State man. He's doing. He's like a consultant. He's. I thought he's good. Isn't he? Isn't he working his way to USC at this point? Isn't he, he kind is, of contact? But the, all the reports folks. is that he's in Columbus all week long, helping out in different ways. And then he flies yeah, yeah. out to LA to do his little gig with Fox. So, 
It's like I'll say, I'll still say Penn State. I, I think I agree with Ernest about the teams that are going to be in it, but um, I'd still say they're a contender. I, I obviously I think they'll be at a New Year's New Year's Bowl if they don't make the playoff. Right. Next team has always been underappreciated. They're the Smurf team from Boise State. They start off the year really good. They beat off Florida State, but we realized that really wasn't that great of a win. But the only tough team they have left, sort of, is Brigham Young, and they have a real good chance of going undefeated. Um, Ernest, do you think they even have a chance at the playoffs? No, but they'll be that. You know, uh, with the playoff system, there's a non-group of five team that gets in every year. Last year it was Central Florida. So they're going to be the non-group of five that gets in. They'll get into the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, or, I agree. You know, they'll get into a, a New Year's Day Bowl. But no, no one's taking them seriously. I mean, it's like when Central Florida went undefeated, they weren't taken seriously. So they're outside the revenue stream. They're outside the power brokers. They'll be patted on the back, and they'll be, you know, they'll get to come to the big boys' table. But they're not going to get a chance for a championship. Mm-hmm. But kudos to Boise State. I mean, obviously, when they booked. When they put Florida State on their schedule, Florida State was a good team. So, right. you know, obviously these college schedules are sometimes done years in advance. So they at least put them on their schedule. It's not like they tried to play wimpy teams. They, like they Alabama. threw a Florida State on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they threw a Florida State on there to help their resume. But and and Hank Bachmeyer, Hank Bachmeyer, who's their quarterback, he's just a freshman, a true freshman, is a talent and a half. He's one of your underrated players this year. All right, can you guys name? The last undefeated team in the top twenty-five without looking at your computer. The wow, last undefeated team, Appalachian State. Yes, you looked at your computer. No, confess, I, confess. I watch Appalachian. They beat my Carolina Tar Heels. I know that's the point. And the only tough team they have left, which is a pretty tough team, South Carolina. After they beat up on Georgia's last week, they play what on November ninth. They're in Conference USA, I believe. American or oh USA, okay. Uh, yeah, Conference USA. So that I surprised me in Michigan. We don't like to talk about that Appalachian State very much because certain guys like Nate remind us all the time. They're in the Sun yeah, Belt. As long as, as long as Michigan is not in the top five, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, they're in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Sun Belt. Okay. Now, now, now Nate was bemoaning the fact that George has lost to South Carolina. He thought it pretty much in. Notre Dame's chances, and I, I disagree. I, I still think there are going to be some games. I mean, Notre Dame's been playing a lot better. I've been impressed. Um, I think they made it a little too close in the USC game for my comfort, but I think that's a rivalry game. I think USC played probably their best game um, against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame kind of played a little conservative in the second half. You know, that's kind of Brian Kelly's calling card. But, you know, I think this it's just the, the rest of their schedule, unless Michigan wins out, um, sorry, Paul. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think um, so either. I, I mean, Notre Dame is really not going to have a great win on their schedule. So that's that's my big concern is it's just, you know, the the schedule is just a tough one because if Georgia won out and they only lost to, let's just say, Alabama, right, it still looks like a really good loss um, because they had a chance to win that game. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to see it happen. I think Notre Dame's playing so much better since that Georgia game. Um, I've been impressed, but I, I don't know, Ernest. I, I'm, I'm glad... If, if you disagree, that's nice to hear, but I don't know if there's a, not, a lot of undefeated teams left. Mm-hmm. I, was actually, yeah. I was actually juggling. I was watching that game in the LSU um, uh, Florida game, which was very interesting. That was a great game, yeah. And I was also at the same time watching Louisville and Wake Forest, final score 62-59 to 59 in regulation. <laughs> not a lot of defense being played there, but uh, – you know, the big game left, the one that we got to sit back and watch is going to be LSU at Alabama. And LSU's defense worries me, but so does Alabama. They're very young in the backfield and, and their defensive line, and I think you're going to get a high-scoring game. And I think that's going to be your final. Oklahoma's not going to lose. They're going to beat Texas in, in the, the big 12, a Big 12 Conference championship game. Ohio State. State's going to win the Big Ten. Clemson's going to win the ACC. And then whoever comes out of that Alabama-LSU game, that's your final four. I mean, they're they're head and shoulder above everyone else at this point. Do you think Alabama, if they lose a close game to LSU, they still get it? Do you think they're the fourth team? Not if the other three are undefeated. There'll be no excuse. Wow. I, mean, it, you know, I would love to see Alabama not in it. I'm kind of getting 
a little annoyed with the whole Alabama versus Clemson every year. I mean, they're the best teams, but you know, it kind of just gets old. It's like seeing the Cavs versus the Warriors every year in the NBA Finals. It's just kind of like, all right, I'm ready for not it. Go- not going to see that anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I was excited last year. I was so happy it was the Raptors. I'm like, it's somebody else. This is great. And then I was even more excited the Raptors won. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to see Notre Dame do it. But they're, they're playing better. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that they're playing better. Um, but, I yeah, I think there's going to be too many teams. I really – I don't think LSU plays – I think Alabama rolls over LSU. I hate to say that because I like um, – Ed Odron or whatever his name is. I like that coach. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see LSU do it. But I just, I think this game gets overhyped every year and then it's like a dud. So but I hope I'm wrong. But I, think, I think Bama's going to roll over. Bama's going to get excited for this game. It's going to be their toughest game and they're just going to but, but you know, roll tide, right? They've had problems, Alabama has, when they've placed Clemson and Clemson's had a mobile quarterback who can throw. And they've brought in as our co-offensive coordinator the the Saints quarterback coach, passing coordinator. And he's mobile. His name's Joe Burrow. He is uh, Burrow was uh, uh, he transferred out of Ohio State. He's mobile. They've got a great wide receiver by the name of Jefferson. They've got speedy wide receivers. They've got a pretty good running back. Their offense is probably the most potent in college football. Right. This is a different LSU team. Now, again, their defense worries me. They've got an All-American at, at safety. Uh, they've got a great nose guard who, who actually ties up the, the guards and the centers. And, and Alabama's vulnerable. I mean, Alabama has not really played anybody. Texas A&M last week is, is not a top 25 team. And even though it's at Alabama, I think this is the type of game, a passing offense, that can beat Alabama. So I think LSU has as good a chance outside of – Clemson of the last four years of a team that can beat Alabama. Mm. But that's that's the one game. I mean, again, we're here at the second week in October, and we can pretty much tell you who's going to be the final four. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're coming down to our last hot takes for tonight. And um, I'm just curious, guys, you're going to have all these sports on, and Ernest is going to just set up his porta potty by his chair, or he'll take his TV into his bathroom. We won't see him for the next couple weeks, but Name. At least he didn't say I had to wear adult diapers. I feel good that he didn't <laughs> Well, it just say depends, that. Ernest. So. Right. Yes, <laughs> I saw what easy, you did there. Easy, easy peasy. Um, Nate, what are you going to watch? Because you got two young kids. I mean, you got to be selective, you know, or do you TiVo stuff or DVR it? For you talking about games? Yeah, what are you going to watch this weekend? What's your preference? Um, we'll probably watch Michigan lo- uh, play. Um, Penn State. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I mean, I kind of just pick and choose. And honestly, sometimes I just have to go in the office. The kids want to watch something on Netflix or um, they want to just be noisy with, you know, building the little train sets or these little magnetic blocks, uh, like the little magnetic Legos. So, I mean, honestly, it just depends. I mean, I might just pop into the other room and, and watch something. A lot of times I usually end up watching a lot of the night games. Once the kids go to bed, uh, my wife kind of, goes to bed early too um so by eight o'clock you know the kind of the house is mine eight o'clock holy smokes eight eight thirty wow well, you know, they, they all get up we all get up early so i get to i get to sleep in if, if we can call it that we, we get up for soccer party at nate's game. after eight thirty. wow so i grab a nice uh treehouse beer treehouse is a brewing company are they in Massachusetts. sponsoring it's your podcast yet? no but they are by far the best beer up here you can only get it if you go to the location to get it um, there's always a line out the door every day they open up, but, um, no, I'll just throw, you know, grab a treehouse and just watch whatever game's on. And honestly, if it's a blowout, if it's a big name game and it's a blowout, I'll just flip around until I find a game that's closer. If it's like a L, you know, Louisville versus Wake Forest, that's what I'll watch. I want to watch a good game. So unless it's Notre Dame's playing, obviously, but so Notre Ernest, Dame, I think not yeah. this week, but next week plays Michigan at night. I think it's seven. Yeah. Seven thirty. So Michigan's going to have two night games in a row. My prediction is they're going to lose. At Penn State, I don't think they have a chance at game. And my prayer is they'll keep it close against Notre Dame. Ernest, what are you going to watch this weekend? By the way, Paul, this is 2019. I can watch him. I don't have to have a porta potty. I have a phone. I can watch on my phone when I do oh, this. They've okay. been talking about how many germs are on phones these days. So That's yikes. why I have an immune system. That's why I have an immune system. <laughs> oh my That's why I'm not sickly. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you a couple college games that are really worth watching. Oregon at Washington is going to be pretty good. That's the afternoon game on Saturday. And a real good battle. It's about 6 o'clock Saturday is Arizona State at Utah. And as the Arizona State coach would tell you, we play to win the game. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be close. I think Utah is going to roll over them. I love I, Arizona I love State. The, I, love I love Arizona the, State. I just... I, I love your freshman quarterback at Arizona State. I mean, he's he's one of those kids, and again, he's a true freshman like Bachmeyer, who's, who's just settled in and done a great job. Aren't you guys surprised how Herm, how well defense. Herm has done? Well, Arizona no. State is Arizona State's notorious for this. They beat like they they've done this a couple of years in a row where they beat Michigan State, pop into the top twenty-five, lose a bad game to Colorado, then they fall out, then they win another game, then they're back in the top twenty-five, which means they're due to lose again because they kind of get in that fringe. 20s and bounce out 20s and bounce out um so i honestly it's just it's just the way arizona state Mr. plays it's disappointing here. but <laughs> no it's just it's just how they Burnt, are huh? um i like her Edwards. i think it's a it's an interesting dynamic down there but um i think that's i don't even think it's a game he's I done think better it's done than lovey smith that's true that's everybody's true. forgotten lovey's at illinois since he threw that beard. A picture of him. He's got that beard. He, the he witness so protection weird. plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hung with Michigan there for a while, but now you got some Sunday games. Also, football is not restricted. That's going to be nice to see if the Lions can bounce back hosting the Vikings again. The 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 Saints and Bears will be interesting because it'll like Teddy Bridgewater's for real. I mean, you, Drew may be on the bench if Teddy keeps no, winning. No, well, that's not going to happen. You know that won't happen. <laughs> no, no, no. Why are you using the same logic, so to speak? Oh. But, uh, uh, you know, there's the loser bowl, the Rams and Falcons. They're going to fight for the most disappointing team there is. Okay. Another and then, bitter and, fan. Yeah, don't be surprised if the Raiders give the Packers a little bit of a hard time. And it's not the best schedule in the NFL, but it's – you know, I'll put on red zone, which which is hey. You yeah. know. What about the Cardinals Giants? You got the two top QBs that went in the draft this year playing. You got Saquon Barkley's back, I think, right? Um, David Johnson. You got some nice running backs. Hey, the Giants nice are a game. The Giants are a game back in the Eastern Division. Crazy. Just, I'm just saying, you got the top two quarterbacks in the draft. They're both playing. They're both playing well for the teams that they're on. So. Given, uh, the cards, given the cards are dealt, I think they're doing fine. Well, the, all this fun, fun has got to come to the end sometime, and I got to be the dad in the room. So, all right, kids, clean up. We got to go to bed, all that kind of stuff. But, guys, thanks again for a great podcast. You can listen to Pardon the Confusion on our own iTunes podcast. So thanks to Nate and Ernest, and guys, thanks and good night. Right.